I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, babes. Welcome to this week's episode. This week, I'm going to keep it short. I just want to talk about something that has been on my mind. And, you know, I I have this experience where, you know, my clients that I'm working with, my friends that I'm talking to, my family, things that I'm reading, people I'm interacting with are all having this kind of similar experience all at once. Do you ever get that where you're noticing a theme that's just like across multiple areas of your life and it just happens over and over that happens to me a lot that I notice like oh wow why are all of my clients going through this exact same thing all at the same time and this week for me I was noticing I was having so many conversations with people about a feeling of being pressured or feeling obligated to act like you like something or that you're into something that you really don't like or that at best that you just don't give a shit about, right? And having to behave as if you really are into that thing. You really like that thing. And I just, I really struggle with this for a mil- about a million different reasons, right? I really have trouble with this because as we think about our lives, as we think about the ways that we structure our lives and the things that we prioritize and where we spend our time and where we spend our energy. And we think about the fact that we don't have energy for the things that are important to us. So many of us really struggle with feeling too tired to work on a project we're really excited about. We struggle with not feeling like we have enough to give in our really important relationships, right? We struggle with being able to prioritize things that really matter. And yet, At the same time, we are spending so much of our precious energy and our attention and our focus on pretending to like shit that we don't even like, on pretending to be interested in or into things that we don't give a shit about. And it's almost always because somebody else wants us to like that thing, right? Somebody else thinks that we should be interested in something or or wants to connect with us about something. And so we feel pressured to like that thing, right? Or we feel pressured to, you know, pretend that something that somebody else is doing is bringing us joy when it's not. When at minimum, it's not really doing anything for us. And at worst, it's actually bringing us pain, right? Or discomfort, or it's, you know, unpleasant in some way, right? And we see this in so many different ways, right? It goes from, you know, faking interest in something that, you know, our significant other, our friend keeps talking to us about, even though we have no interest in it, right? It's, you know, letting somebody dump all of their emotional toxic waste on us because we feel like that's what they want us to do. They want us to show up in that way and be that support for them. And that's how we're being useful for them, right? And so we feel like we have to be invested or be interested in that because that's how we're going to keep the relationship, right? That it can look like 
pretending to have an orgasm when you're having sex with somebody and you don't you don't actually have one, but you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like whatever it is that they're doing or you want them to feel better about how the sexual experience is going. So you fake a fucking orgasm. And then the result of all of this, right? The result of any time that we are inauthentically, you know, showing up in a way that suggests that we like something or into something or are deriving pleasure from something when actually we are not, not only are we being inauthentic, right? We are, we're being inauthentic to ourselves, which is a betrayal of self, right? We are lying to another person. In a sense, we're being dishonest with somebody by pretending to like something that we don't like. But in addition, what we are doing is we are providing false feedback to that person, right? Or to those people, if it's multiple people. And, you know, in giving, I gave a workshop this week to an organization about giving and receiving feedback. And in talking to this organization, I explained the phenomenon of feedback is basically feedback is just any response that you get to an output that you have put out there. Any response or reaction that you get to an output, something you put into the universe, and the response that you get is feedback, right? I talked about all the reasons that feedback is useful because we can learn how to do better in the future, right? We can learn what works well and what doesn't when we receive feedback, right? We learn how our actions are landing with other people or the things that we're saying, how they're being interpreted. We learn about the impact that they're having rather than just having a one-sided picture of our intent in what we did or we said, right? We know often really well what we meant by something, what we intended to be the result of an action or a choice, but we don't always know the impact unless the other person shares feedback with us. And so, you know, I talked about how important feedback is, right? And how giving and receiving feedback are both really valuable skills for that reason, right? Because we, when we can give great feedback, we can help people understand how to, you know, treat us and how to, you know, better understand and meet our needs and how to make us feel seen and supported. And by being able to receive feedback really well, we can kind of learn the same about others, right? We can use that feedback to inform our decisions and help us grow and evolve and be better and do better and be more effective in everything that we're doing in all areas of life, right? Doesn't mean feedback's always comfortable, doesn't mean that feedback is always going to be what you want to hear. It's often not going to be what you want to hear. The most important feedback can be the critical feedback. But it's key. It's key to being able to learn. And so back to what I was originally saying, you know, when we are moving through the world in such a way that we are pretending to like shit that we don't like, when we are pretending to derive pleasure or enjoyment or meaning from something when we really are not, right? When really that thing is unpleasant and we are harboring resentment or frustration or hurt or any of those things, right? When we're carrying those things around, but we're pretending, we're putting on sort of a a facade of actually being okay with it or even enjoying it. We are providing false feedback, right? It's not only that we're not using feedback in the intended fashion to help, you know, people have a deeper understanding of us and our experience, help them learn, help them do differently and treat us in a way that makes us feel good, right? We're actually doing the opposite of that. 
what we are doing, if somebody is doing something that I don't like, let's use the orgasm example because I like the orgasm example, is if I am pretending that I am achieving orgasm every time I have sex with my partner when really I'm not, right? I'm not, that's not happening. I'm pretending, right? It is all a show. Um, And so if that is happening, then what my partner is learning from that experience is that whatever it is that they are doing, they believe is resulting in an orgasm. But it's not correct, right? They are, I'm giving them false information and they are using that information to inform their future behavior, which is going to repeatedly leave me feeling if orgasm is my goal, which I realize it's not always with sex and sex that doesn't have an orgasm involved is also legitimate and can be lovely and all of that, all of those caveats, right? But if orgasm is my goal and what my partner is doing is not getting me to that place, but I'm pretending that it is, then what I'm telling them is, yes, this is good. Please continue this. And they're going to internalize that message. And so what we're doing in this is not only are we, you know, kind of, I was going to say screwing ourselves out of um, <laughs> the end result that we want, but that's, um, that's a funny uh, verb choice with, with this metaphor here. But we are, yeah, we are basically preventing ourselves from getting what it is that we want, right? If what we want is to have a sexually pleasurable experience and what our partner is doing is not pleasurable to us and yet we are reinforcing that they do that and that it's getting us to the end goal, then of course they're going to do it over and over. We're reinforcing a thing that we don't want and we are blocking ourselves from getting the thing that we do want, right? But in addition to that, we are breaking trust. I've talked to so many people who have had a partner pretend to have an orgasm that wasn't real, right? Fake an orgasm. And, you know, we, I feel like we talk about this a lot in the context of, I, t- I and I talk to particularly a lot of cis women who have had the experience of faking orgasms, not feeling like we can ask for what we want sexually, all of those things, right? But what I feel like we don't talk about as much is what the experience is like to be the partner of a person who has faked an orgasm. And I have talked to several people, whether it is clients, whether it's friends, acquaintances on the internet, right? People who share things in my Instagram stories, who have been on the other side of that where their partner has has, you know, has faked an orgasm, has said that they're having orgasms when they're not, has said that they enjoyed something and then later share that, no, truthfully, they didn't enjoy that thing, right? Or they didn't actually have an orgasm. They didn't enjoy it as much as they said that they did. And the feelings that that can create for the partner who, you know, thought that they were helping their, their significant other achieve orgasm and they were not, they're feelings of betrayal often, right? They're feelings of being deceived, right? Of someone, you know, being dishonest with them. In the, in the sex example, it can also feel like there's, you know, the consent gets muddy. Oh my God, if you were, why were you agreeing to this or saying this was okay if you weren't enjoying it? Why didn't you feel like you could tell me? Did I coerce you into something, right? And obviously the an example in a sexual context has all kinds of specific layers. But if we zoom this back out, right, if we think about any context where you are engaging with something and you are sort of pushing yourself to 
behave as if you enjoy a thing, behave as if you're interested in something, putting your energy into something. It doesn't even have to be with another person, right? It could be putting your, your energy and effort into something that just doesn't fucking matter to you. Then what you are doing is you are being dishonest, whether that's with yourself, whether that's with another person, where then there might be a sense at some point of betrayal. And I want you to ask yourself, I want you to be really honest with yourself about why, why you feel obligated to put your energy, your attention, your, you know, emotional labor into something that either you don't care about, isn't important to you, or that you actively dislike, right? Something that is uncomfortable for you, unpleasant for you. And I think everybody who's listening to this probably has that thing. And what I'm talking about here, I don't necessarily mean, like, I think there are probably people who will hear this and think, well, I don't really care that much about my job, but I have to do my job because it's how I make money. I don't necessarily mean the things in life that feel, and maybe it is your job. Maybe you truly hate your job and there's something you could be doing that would would source you some joy and also be a place where you could make money. I think that's complex, right? I think the there's all kinds of layers to that. That could be its entire own podcast episode. So if you're interested in that, let's talk about it. But I'm not necessarily talking about the things in life <clears throat> that, you know, are necessary kind of mundane things. I'm not talking about, oh, I don't really like doing laundry, so I'll stop doing laundry, right? I'm not talking about the day-to-day kind of like boring tasks. I'm talking about being in a relationship with someone who makes you feel like shit consistently, right? I'm talking about, you know, somebody who is in your life who constantly shares with you the details of a situation or of a relationship of theirs or something where, you know, it's just, it's toxic and harmful and it drains your energy but you feel like you have to listen to them talk about it because it's somehow your obligation right even though you know that every you dread them bringing it up and every time they bring it up you feel like that drop in your stomach like oh my god here we go again right I'm talking about the you know club that you're a club oh my god the club that you're a part of why is that the example that comes to mind for me? The, but like, you know, an organization or a volunteer opportunity or thing that you're a part of that you dread constantly, that you don't enjoy, that maybe you used to enjoy, maybe you never did, right? But something that is a drain on your energy that is not a must-have for your life. It's not a thing that you need to do because it's part of being an adult and sometimes being an adult sucks, right? But something that you are opting into, even though... It is definitively unpleasant for you. I want you to think about if you have any of those things in your life. I was having a conversation. My wife took me on a date this weekend and I was having a conversation with her about, you know, what my kind of individual values are. And I think this will be an entire podcast episode too, is talking about sort of personal value setting and reflection, because I think that's something that just is so interesting. But one of my values and I think this will be a surprise to exactly no one. One of my values is pleasure. Pleasure is so important to me. And I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure, although sexual pleasure is very important to me and I consider it to be part of pleasure. But the concept of feeling good and making choices that feel good 
just because they feel good is deeply, deeply important to me. And it has not always been. This is a choice for me. And I like, I really want you to hear that. This is a choice. I choose to do things every single day that feel good for me simply because they feel good for me. These are things that don't necessarily have any impact on anyone else. Some of these things are things that I do just for me, right? But I prioritize things that make me feel good. And I think for a lot of people, that is not something that occurs to us naturally. It's not for me necessarily either. Like I said, it's a practice that I have had to work on for years to really acknowledge the fact that feeling good is not some frivolous extra thing, right? Feeling good is something that I deserve, And not because I've earned it, right? Not because I've worked extra hard so I deserve to feel good or because I've made other people feel good and so I deserve to feel good too, right? I deserve the love that I give to other people. Like, yes, I think that's true, but also it's it's not because I give love to other people that I deserve to feel good, right? It's not because I help other people feel good about themselves that I deserve to feel good about myself. I believe that I'm worthy of pleasure, of feeling good, of experiencing joy and things that I like simply because I am human, That's it. And I think when you start to believe that, I think when you begin to believe that that's true is when you can begin to let go of some of these things that you're carrying around, the things that you are holding on to, the things that are draining your energy that you are doing because you feel a sense of obligation, that you are doing because you feel like you'll be discarded if you don't do them, right? How many of us stay in relationships where we feel like we're being taken advantage of or where we feel like our energy is being sapped all the time or where we feel like the energy input or the emotional support is not a two-way street, right? It is one-sided because we feel like that's our obligation, because we feel like if we tell that friend, hey, I can't talk to you about your relationship anymore because it exhausts me, and it's not good for my mental health, that if we had that very real conversation with somebody, that we would be thrown away. That we would feel like we would be rejected or abandoned. And we feel like we are earning our love and appreciation by putting ourselves through something that feels like shit. Where in your life do you feel that way? As you're listening to this, what is coming to mind for you, right? What is the thing that you are putting yourself through where you are enduring feeling like shit because you feel like that is your penance to pay. Like that is something that you just are doomed to go through and doomed to experience. You're not. I'm here to tell you that you are not. You do not have to do things that make you feel like shit. You don't. You don't have to do things that don't bring you joy. And again, I understand there are some things that are just part of being an adult that suck, right? Often we have to have some kind of job or a way to make money. We have to, you know, feed ourselves every day or the people that we are caregivers for. We have to make sure that we're all alive and healthy and well and all of those things that sometimes have boring shit that comes along with it. The boring shit is not what I'm talking about, right? The mundane shit is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that we choose, the things that 
are supposed to be life-giving and nourishing and exciting, the things like our relationships or sex or food that you're eating or, you know, hobbies that you have or media that you're consuming, things that are ideally supposed to be nourishing for you should not be making you feel like shit. And if they are, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, but it means that there is something better available to you and that you deserve better than that. And I think sometimes, you know, people just need need someone to give them permission, right? So consider this me giving you permission. I know this is something that feels maybe like it's obvious or like, duh, Aubrey, I know, like feeling shitty is like not what I'm doomed to. But at the same time, I think, I think a lot of you don't know that because I talked to enough of you who are in these situations where you feel like you are obligated to put up with things that hurt you, things that make you feel like shit, things that you don't like because that is just what you're destined for. That's the best that you can hope for. I promise you that it is not. So consider this your permission slip to stop doing the shit that you hate, to stop engaging with things that make you feel crappy about yourself, to stop pretending to enjoy things that you don't like. You don't have to do any of that shit. And if anyone gives you a hard time about it, you can just tell them that I told you it was okay to walk away and say no. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.